All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back. How are you? Jason Greger, Connor Halley with you on Sports 1440 live on Oilers Nation YouTube. Where are the uh, Oilers tonight in Florida to take on the Panthers? Good matchup. Good matchup. As now we go uh, in the room, brought to you by Action Electrical. Family run business for over 50 years, baby. And if you're looking for uh, all things electrical, but also more importantly, now they have all your solar, whether you want commercial or residential. If you're looking to save money, there's grants they can help you point in the right direction to save you money and not only just on the cost of the installation, but save you money long term. Go to actionelectrical.net. As uh, we welcome in from InGoal Magazine and NHL.com, Kevin Woodley joins us. Woodley, welcome back to the show, my man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I just paid for my parking really quickly while we were logging in here, so nobody's going to come tap on my window. I am, as you can see, across the street from Rogers Arena. The, you bumped me up, so I couldn't quite get inside Rogers Arena, but Dude. I'm all ready to go before we head in for the game. It's all good. You're, you're looking great. Getting there early for the game. I like it. So the first question order fans are very curious about, uh, Yarrow Halak was released from his PTO today or uh, from Carolina. So many order fans are wondering, is this the guy they should go get on? You know, like t- if I look at numbers and history, I would say Halak should be, in theory, uh, an upgrade over Calvin Pickard. At this moment, what do you think? Yaroslav Halak has produced some really good numbers over the past couple of seasons, even here in Vancouver, behind a bad defensive Canucks team. The adjusted numbers 
ended up grading out close to the top 10. He was top 10 last year in adjusted save percentage in New York. There is, however, one caveat, and that is it takes him a while to get comfortable behind a new team. Not so much a new system. He's been around long enough to sort of be able to play off that. But the thing that separates Yaro Halak from other goalies, the re- reason he's been able to have this success, and he's done it every which way, right? Like, if you need a guy to go in once every two weeks, he's done that as a pure backup. If you need a guy for two straight weeks as a starter, he's done that too. He's had success in a lot of different places and in a lot of different roles. It's all predicated on his ability to read the game. And we've had him at ingoldmag.com do the video breakdowns with us. And like Jason, like it's like mushroom clouds going off as he's analyzing what he sees on a play. He reads at a really high level. The downside of being that read reliant is you need to get comfortable with your defenseman. It's not just where they're supposed to be because of the system, but it's how they play an odd man rush. Where are they going to pressure? Is it at the blue line? Is it deeper into the zone? Um, those are things that tend to take a little bit longer for him to get comfortable with. And we've seen it in the results here in Vancouver, a little bit of a slow start. Even last year with the Rangers, at one point, I think about two-thirds of the way through the season, Jarl Halak won seven straight starts. Didn't get to play seven straight games, but with even with big chunks of time in between them because Shesterkin was one of the best in the league, he won seven straight starts. But go back to the beginning of the year, and it wasn't nearly as good. So the caveat is for a team that's you know doesn't have a lot of margin for error because of their start, it may be a little late to, for him to get up to speed. But ability-wise... Absolutely, he's a guy who would be an upgrade. So what are you hearing as to Carolina just realized they didn't need him, they weren't going to sign him because there was no chance, and he probably realized, like, there's no chance. Why would I sign here? I'm not going to play. Well, and that's I'm a little bit surprised, to be honest with you, and I wasn't able to get an answer in time for our show, and, and you got you know how it is. got to be a little careful. Like, even if you have some sources in the organization, you might not want to say just yet. And um, I was a little surprised uh, because we know Freddie Anderson's going to be out for a while. Obviously, Auntie Ranta has has been really good for them in the couple of years he's been there. But, you know, there's there's an injury history there and some question marks about his ability to stay healthy. And Peter Koshetkov, for all the upside he has as a prospect, has been really he's written a lot of highs and lows. So I thought they might go this way. Obviously, the fact that I don't have a, an exact answer. I wish I did. Sorry, Jason, for as to why I, I can't help but wonder a little bit whether even Yarrow Halak was looking at it like maybe. Maybe there might be some opportunities elsewhere. And I haven't had a chance to text and catch up with him um, because I didn't see this news until a little later today. But uh, uh, I'll be on that in terms of answers, and I'll be curious to see what happens because there's no question in my mind he can play. I said it all last summer when people were like, oh, is he going to retire? No way. He wants 300 wins. It's a massive career objective for him. It's something he's talked about openly with me in the past, and he's only five short. So I would think Edmonton would be a great opportunity for him to hit that milestone and help them out. But again, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to live with a little bit of growing pains at the beginning. Okay, that is uh, that is totally fair. So if you look at other options, if Halak necessarily, you know what, maybe isn't one. Uh, I look at other options around. Like there's talk about Montreal, right? Um, you know, they're saying, oh, they trade Jake Allen and they would take Campbell, and you know the money is fairly close now. Campbell, of course, would have two years after. Uh, the end, so you'd be paying for those two years because the, the salary is three point eight five and 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 five mil, um, you know, right now. So a little bit of a difference, but you'd have to sweeten the pot. Where do you where do you view Jake Allen as an option for Edmonton? As long as you're not looking for an every night starter, and they're not, um, I think he's a good option. I mean, his numbers this year, he's plus two and a half adjusted save percentage, which is fifteenth. And I think the biggest thing. 
that you have to look at when it comes to can this guy succeed with the Oilers is how does he do off the rush? And, you know, I, I'm not going to beat that horse dead for uh, another consecutive week here yeah. uh, on your program, but they continue to be the worst team in the NHL giving up rush chances. Yeah. And guess what? Jake Allen against the rush is still plus two and a half percent. So um, he's had success against rush chances. When I look at his career numbers, he's another guy who reads the game very well. And, you know, there's been times like this is, I'm not dismissing the goaltenders within this either. Like you have to be able to read and adapt to the rush. For example, the other night, like I thought on the rush chance that ends up in a deflection goal, um, Stewart's quite a bit back in his crease where I expect him to be. And so I look at that and I'm like, Hey, that's part of the way he plays. He's not cutting off that angle on that tip. But then on the net, the, the rush chance that everyone's screaming about the big long lateral pass off the two on one where Bouchard gets caught up ice. Um, he's way outside his crease, clearly reading shot from the initial threat. And he makes it such a far distance for himself to have to travel to get across. Doesn't get a good push. It looks terrible. Like to me, that's where experience and knowing to read the rush and a little bit being a little more consistent in your process of how you manage rushes. Um, you know, a guy like Jake Allen's got some more experience and the history of being good specifically against the rush. Now, not all rush chances are created equal. Yeah. And the others have given up some bad ones, but that's one of the things where I'd want to drill down, you know, below the surface level, even of adjusted numbers and look at situation specific things. Does he handle it? Well, traditionally Jake Allen does. The other one is Bennington. Uh, you know, and again, bigger price tag, obviously, but Jordan Bennington not only has exceptional numbers this season, but over the last three, four seasons behind a bad defensive team in St. Louis, he's had good adjusted numbers for the most part, had some really strong stretches within there, including the start of this season. And he's been really good at managing rush chances. Uh, well, that's obviously uh, a key because you mentioned it. Yes. Uh, Edmonton uh, uh, definitely gives up uh, too many of those. There's uh, there's no question uh, about that. And that's something that, uh, you know what? Eventually, got it. You got to improve on that. You can't be a team because I just, I, I would assume, Kev, for most goalies, you know, chances off the rush sometimes can can be more difficult just because there's more space. You got to cover more space in a short period of time. Well, there's two things. I'll I'll point to two things. One, I keep hearing this, and I, I heard it, you know, again this morning on a national program. You know, yeah, you know, like yeah, they give up too much. But could you do imagine if Demko was their goalie? And I was like. Dr. Demko played behind a defense at the start of last year that was producing similar numbers, underlying numbers to what the Oilers are now. And if we all remember, his numbers were terrible. He was under 900. Like, so the environment matters. And, and the big thing about rush chances, and you know, I apologize if I've told this story before, but Robin Lehner, to me, gave me the best anecdote on rush chances. Was He was in Buffalo. It was four, maybe five a night. He goes to the New York Islanders, and it's one or two, maybe one or two every two games, he tells me. He's like, even when I'm on my game feeling really good about everything I'm doing, if the other team executes on those four or five rush chances, I'm giving up one, maybe two. Yeah. So if you sort of make that one or two chances every couple of games versus maybe three or four or five a night, like the numbers are going to be different. Even when you're playing well, those are, and you've heard me use this before, the most dangerous types of chances, odd man in particular, where teams move it laterally. And, and again, the Oilers have given up more of those than any other team, at least from an expected goal perspective based on clear sight than any other team in the National Hockey League this season. So they are more difficult and the types they're giving up are particularly difficult. Kevin Woodley joins us on uh, Sports 1440 live on Oilers Nation uh, YouTube. Um, I want to talk about and we'll get to some other teams in a sec, but the need of a veteran goalie around Stuart Skinner. And I know that Pick Pickard's been around a long time, but 
he hasn't been in the NHL, so I'm not sure if that's the same. Could you talk about the importance of a veteran for a young guy like Skinner that's going to help him? And, you know, I don't care who your goalie coach is. There's just something about that relationship with a veteran goalie that can help young guys. Yeah, no, and I think, I think he had that a little bit with Mike Smith, even though Smitty wasn't there his first full season in the NHL. Like yeah. there was, there clearly seemed in talking to both of them to be a strong mentorship role. Um, and it matters, right? Like we're hearing the conversation out of Buffalo right now. It's not, you know, have the, have the Sabres asked too much of Devin Levi, but part of the conversation is, have they given him enough support? And I've talked to goalie coaches around the league about, you know, you look at Corey Schneider coming up here in Vancouver, you know, I know I'm going back a few years, but the importance of having a Roberto Luongo. You look at Jake Ottinger in Dallas, he'll tell you about the importance of Ben Bishop. Thatcher Demko here had Jacob Markstrom, but then even after Markstrom left, they didn't originally just go out and get a guy, you know, a middling journeyman. They went out and got Braden Holtby. Yeah. And Thatcher Demko will tell you how important Braden Holtby, even though he ended up taking the job from Braden Holtby, Demko was the first to tell you how important Braden Holtby was to him getting through that year and continuing to grow through that year as a guy alongside him who was a, both a mentor and willing to share sort of advice. Uh, it matters. It matters. Now, I'm not saying Stuart Skinner can't succeed without it, um, but, you know, there are a lot of goalie coaches I talk to around the league that think particularly your first couple of years in the league, it's important to have that type of voice. And the one thing I would say about all the names that we just listed, like Yaroslav Halak is a veteran. Um is he the warmest, fuzziest guy in the world? Probably not. <laughs> um, but he's still like he still communicates with his partners. Jake Allen, Jake Allen is a guy you can look to as Jake Allen is a guy who is gonna compete for starts and compete for the opportunity to play more than you, but he's never gonna do it at your expense. Jake Allen is as good as they come and you talk to the guys he plays with, he tries to help them get better. And and that's why if you were to talk about the goalies available you know, in, in, out of Montreal, that's why to me, that's a no brainer compared to some of the other options there. And listen, like you, you could have solved this problem last summer by not doing Jack Campbell, but the other options and my favorite pick that year was Charlie Lindgren. He was the guy I liked, thought that was the best contract of the off season for Washington. Look at the success that he's having now in Washington. He's got, he's like leads the league in adjusted save percentage, small sample, but playing great. Yeah. Really easy for me to say, Oh, they should have gotten him. But look at his first year last year. There was an adjustment period there, and they needed somebody with more pedigree. I'm not saying, not saying that Jack Campbell is necessarily the right choice, but I understood it in some ways. Same with Connor Ingram, a guy that I said Arizona should go get out of, out of Nashville, a guy that I think was ready for a bigger role. I'm not sure that that's what Edmonton needed, right? And again, Connor Ingram took him to December to get going. Looks like a great option now, but could you have lived through that first two, three months where he was getting used to a new and bigger role? There are other names out there. Um, depending on how the next couple of months go and depending on where Nashville goes, Kevin Lankinen is a guy that I would absolutely target if I was looking for, you know, a guy who can give you more and more starts and maybe even be a number one in the National Hockey League. But does he come with the experience of having been a number one that's going to help not only in the now and here, but help with Stuart Skinner's development as a playing partner? You know, maybe two guys on a similar trajectory can play off each other and have success. But a lot of people will tell you you need more of that mentor experienced role alongside a young guy, especially in those early years. Uh, Kevin uh, Woodley joins us from Ingold Magazine, NHL.com. Kevin, uh, the Panthers, of course, orders are taking them on uh, tonight. Um, what do you make of the numbers? Bobrovsky started a lot. He started again tonight. And then, of course, you have uh, Stolers. Uh, what are the numbers there and uh, anything you're hearing on night as part two of that question? 
Oh, and I'll I'll apologize off the top for not having an answer on part two. Um, I haven't looked into that one. Okay. Uh, You know, I'd be honest, Jason, just because of the personal nature, and I know he's back and playing, so that's a fair fair question to ask completely. Um, But I just didn't bug him when he disappeared, uh, you know, and went through the program. No, I'm more so just how is he playing this year is what I meant about that. Yeah, and I I haven't really looked. I I will get you that answer because that would change the equation. There's another team, and Anthony Stollers, by the way, uh, you know, having a decent year. I don't know what the raw numbers say, but the adjusted numbers say he's above expected. Interestingly enough, Sergei Bobrovsky is a little below expected at this point. Certainly not where I think some of the narrative and raw numbers uh, are surrounding him right now. And this is a team that's getting it done, despite missing some big names on the back end with a team approach to defense under Paul Maurice. Um, all those numbers we talked about with the Oilers, rush chances against, uh, high danger chances defensively against, where they're in the bottom of the league. The Florida Panthers are near the top. So they're a very friendly environment for their goaltenders so far. And I think that probably is reflected in sort of what I call the NHL.com numbers, the you know the raw save percentage numbers as compared to some of the adjusted numbers that are maybe a little less flattering, especially for a guy like Bob right now. Biggest thing for the Oilers right now, if you're, I mean, and, and listen, they're not creating offense to the degree, even some of the private data says, when I look at ClearSight, they're in the 20s in terms of, the types of chances they're creating. So if you're going to take advantage against Bob, not creating a ton of chances, you stay away from that blocker and you go all over that glove, 11 of 36 high glove so far this season for Bob. And he can get opened up in the five hole as well. But man, stay away from that blocker. It's one of the best in the league. The way he holds it is a key to that. You saw that in the playoffs last year. People kind of looked at how he gripped down on the stick and really presents it nice and square to the shooters. Only two on 30 chances high blocker so far this year. So, you know, again, you don't go into this like I'm only going to shoot there. But when you have a, when you have time, when you have time and space and, and the chance to pick a spot, there's one you look to on him. And it's definitely not on the blocker side. It's the other side of the net. Um, What do you make of Anaheim? And uh, John Gibson's uh, season here, and because you know he'd had four years there, Kev, where none of his numbers, whether they expected or not, adjusted or not, they weren't very good. But it's being good. It's a new coach. Uh, you know, there seems to be a little bit more of a better commitment overall as a group there defensively. But what do you, what do you make of, of this? Uh, of I don't know if resurgence is a fair word, but of the play of Gibson. Well, I mean, raw numbers are great. 927 save percentage has him in the top 10. The adjusted numbers are good too. And I will say last year, his adjusted numbers weren't terrible, Jason. They certainly weren't as bad as as maybe the raw numbers look. And I think a lot of that is, you know, again, just that defensive environment. It's so much better now. What we're seeing is a team that's more committed um, to playing in front of their own goaltender. They're getting some scoring too, and that'll take some pressure off because for years in Anaheim, it was like the goalies had to go into the game and Ryan Miller – and, and John Gibson have sort of talked about this a little bit. You went into those games thinking one is one too many. And that's a hard way to play because they didn't score and they didn't defend. And even in the, the little bit where they started to defend a little better, they were. It, it's been a really tough environment for goalies, both mentally and in terms of just the shot quality. Those things have improved. And I, I kind of said this in the summer. A lot of people like to write John Gibson off. There are some things he does style-wise that aren't that tight technically. And they can you can criticize it You know, if you're just a technical, looking at the technical side of it. But he's a special talent, and I think he's showing now with a little more support, at least early on, um, that he still deserves to be in that conversation. I think they're it'd be interesting to see if he ends up on the market because I think there are a lot of teams that you know weren't certain, at least in the early going. To me, he's answering the questions, and and it's an answer that I kind of suspected we might see. I want to see him on a good team, just so we can get that answer 
And in the short term right now, we are. And it's positive for both the Ducks and John Gibson. And lastly, Mackenzie Blackwood, if you're the Edmonton Orders, would would you be willing to overpay now? Because like this guy a few years ago, Kev, before his injury, people were like, man, this guy's charting very good. Then he kind of hit the skids, had some injury issues. And then he came back from injury, didn't play well, but he's playing quite well on a very bad team in San Jose. I don't think there's any question that they're a bad team. What do you make of Mackenzie Blackwood? And is it difficult to analyze a goalie on a bad team? Yeah, it can be. I mean, again, adjusted numbers, they tell us a bit of the story. And, and he's not bad. He's right around expected. That's why Gibson getting through last season anywhere near expected to me was a modern miracle because I think bad defensive environments become cumulative for goaltenders, right? Like the plays keep getting through and keep getting through. The defensemen aren't breaking up the passes they're supposed to break up. You start to cheat. You start to lean. You start to second guess. You don't have to worry about one or two options on the ice. You've got to be I mean, hey, every goalie has to keep track of all five guys, but when all five guys might actually touch the puck and be in a dangerous spot, it's that much harder. So um, this is going to be tougher for him to maintain as the year goes on, but make no mistake, there's an elite talent there. Um, talking to some of the people around San Jose who's in town in Vancouver uh, this morning, <coughs> excuse me, he um, he's really impressed them. So if you're the Oilers, yeah, Jason, like my answer is 100% yes. Like I okay. think that with the right coaching and the right environment, this is a guy the next time we we're talking about a best on best tournament, he might be the guy for Canada. He has that much upside. If he can stay healthy question becomes again, it's kind of like Yarrow Halak. Like if it's not there right away, if you've got some work to do and you're the Oilers, can you afford that adjustment period? Well, they got to think big picture. Yeah. Right? Why not? Um, if he's playing well right now, well, here, Kev, uh, it's 873 save percentage for both goalies in Edmonton. <coughs> it can't be worse, can it? Well, hey, listen, I, I know you don't like me to to, be, to to go too hard on the expecteds, but last I checked when they sent uh, when they sent Jack Campbell down, his expected was 868. Yeah, so not ideal. Yeah, no, that's what I'm no. saying. It can't be. Uh, it can't be worse. <laughs> It cannot be worse. Kev, great stuff, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, we will chat with you next Monday. Yeah, my pleasure. Enjoy the game tonight, and we'll talk to you next week, Jason. It's Kevin Woodley from Ingo Magazine, NHL.com. Great rundown on goaltenders. Halak, he's talking Blackwood, uh, went around the league. Uh, J Jake Allen, all the ones that you've been talking about. Get a guy who knows it. That's why we get Woodley on. He's got a great uh, rundown on it. Well, we'll return on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 Live and Owners Nation YouTube. Jason Greger, Connor Halley with you on Sports 1440 live on Oilers Nation YouTube. Is the uh, Oilers set to take on the Florida Panthers tonight? We'll get you uh, updates on that. Uh, lots of text flying in on 1012 or on uh, uh, 401 uh, 1440. Uh, hey, Greg's, I love the Woodley segment. I learned so much about it. His breakdown of Jake Allen, as well as Halak makes me wonder that Halak might be better. But then he made the point that he's crying of a crusty veteran. Is that the guy we need here? Interesting points. That one comes from Doug. Doug, you know what? It's a great question, man. Like, I, I, the thing I like about Kevin is he gives us a pretty in-depth analysis, talks about what the goalie's really good at, but then mentions, yeah, you know what? Well, Halak doesn't necessarily have the warm and fuzzies. Is that the guy you want to, as your veteran guy? Now, Stuart Skinner is one of the most likable humans you will meet. Right, last year when we did the, the Who Are You segment, Darnell Nurse, we asked him, like, which teammate would you allow to marry your sister? And he said, without hesitation, Stuart Skinner. 
And like, think about that as guys, you know that. You have your sister, like, oh, geez, I like my buddy, but would I want him to marry my sister? You know? So, um, Stuart Skinner's that nice of a guy. Now, maybe Darnell says that because he's already married, so he knows that it's an easy way to get out of the question. It's kind of a veteran move, too. But, um, you know, there's so many people that have talked about Skinner and just what a genuine human being he is. And and I think that that's, uh, you know, could could he adjust? Sure. But, like, Halak, I get it. But to me, I'd want to I'd wanna look elsewhere. The, the benefit of Halak is it doesn't cost you anything. But as Kevin said... There's an adjustment period, and, and Edmonton right now doesn't have a lot of time if you have a goalie who needs to adjust to your system because based on how Halak plays, he's a guy who's excellent at reading plays and reading off things. So if he knows, okay, this is how we play two-on-ones most of the time, I'm going to read the play this way, right? If not, I'm going to go that way. So the McKenzie-Blackwood one, like if I look, if I'm looking big picture for the orders, and I want to, and I want to find guy like Halak would be a one year option, right? That's it. Now, if they believe that Stuart Skinner is going to be their starter, then I guess you consider that. But like, if if you could, I I think today's NHL, yeah. If if you have Mackenzie Blackwood and Stuart Skinner, and their combined cap hit is basically five mil. Now. Obviously, there's the uh, the camel situation. You're going to have to, you know, it's going to be more. But even if, if you eat two mil of Jack Campbell, now, it's definitely not ideal, right? Definitely not ideal. But I think I, I would much more be in the camp of Mackenzie Blackwood if it was me. Cons, where do you come out? I do like Mackenzie Blackwood. I mean, when that name was kind of thrown out there, cost is going to be the biggest factor for me. And, you know, what is it going to take to some, to get someone like that? Yeah. And then when they, when they get here, you know, how, how heavily can they be relied upon things of that nature, of course, but I, I do like the name Mackenzie Blackwood, actually seeing him, the, what he's been able to do this year, maybe not the best situation, but what he's been able to do. I, I think I'd take a look at that. Okay. Now lots more text line in 401-1440 in our uh, Jiffy Lube inbox. Guys, realistically, what is the most likely thing that will happen with Campbell in the orders? Didn't we have a chance to get Connor Hellebuck a while ago from Easton? I, there was, I don't know if he was ever realistically an option, if, if we're being truthful about uh, Connor Hellebuck. I think the Jets were always intent on trying to re-sign him, and they did. They got him and Mark Shifley. It's pretty good. So I don't think that they were – I think fans talked about it. I think it was lots of online rumors that were brought up by order fans, and rightfully so. Of course you'd want Connor Hellebuck. Why wouldn't you? But I, I never thought that that it was that close to coming to uh, fruition. I think the Jets, they really wanted to get him, and they obviously ended up getting him. So good for him. Other uh, goalie options like, you know, Jake Allen. Jake Allen could be a decent one, I guess. As Kevin outlined, he's very good off the rush, and that's a weakness for your team. And I think the thing I like that I've learned over the years from Woodley is a goaltender, like good goalies are good goalies for sure, but like anything, you want to accentuate their best skill set. And the Oilers' weakness has been off the rush. I'm, You would love to see them solve it. Lots of coaches have tried. They haven't been able to solve it. Right? I, I 
And it shouldn't say that. They saw that for a time, we saw the last 40 games last year, they significantly reduced it. I do believe it's a commitment issue from your players. You've got to buy in and you've got to stick with it and you've got to be consistent. And that has been an issue. There's, I don't think there's any debate on that, that that has been an issue for the orders, right? It has been. So, so you can pretend that it isn't or you can say, okay, well, not that we're just going to give in, but we want to reduce it. But if, we, if there are games where it comes back to bite us, at least if we have a goalie who's better and more comfortable off the rush, then we maybe got a better chance to win, right? I think that's, uh, I think that's totally valid. So, well, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see where it goes. Uh, the Edmonton orders uh, nearing the, uh, the end of the first period. Uh, hey, McDavid scored a goal. Then Evander Kane scored a goal. Then the owners took a penalty. They gave up a power play goal. Then the orders got a power play, and guess what? It basically was a momentum killer. Like, right now, that's how bad their power play is. It's a momentum killer. Like, they're missing open passes. And then Kane actually took a penalty late in the power play to negate it. So, good start again for the orders. They get up 2 nothing. Now the key is, can they get up 3-1? to one? Can they take this good start and translate? They've got one shot on goals and say we're up 2 nothing. That, to me, has been, like, the order starts are good, and then it's all, oh, okay, well, now we'll sit back. Like, I don't get it. And their power play, like, their power play used to be, like, devastating towards the other team. Right now, their power play is devastating towards their own team because they lose momentum from it. They're losing momentum. And they've got to find a way to figure it out. They just have to. and Because they're, they're too skilled not to. Like, I don't care if the other teams have stopped taking away one play. Figure it out and find other ones. Right? Like, other teams in the league are scoring. And just like that, Florida ties it late in the first. After the orders, twice can't get the puck out of their own zone. My goodness. You can hit, rinse, wash, repeat. Twice, clear possession, you don't get the puck out, ends up in the back of your net. Like, my goodness. We'll come back and uh, we'll, uh, we'll dissect that when we return on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440, live in Orders Nation. 543 as we get set to uh, wrap up. Busy Monday edition of the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440, live on Oilers Nation YouTube, and oh my goodness, are you kidding me? Oiler fans are freaking out as you should be. Like You can say it's bad luck. Matias Ekholm goes to clear the puck. It hits. Hyman stays in the zone. Florida scores five seconds later. Like, I'm sorry, though. That, that, can't, that play cannot happen. He had time. You got to make a good clear. You can't hit your own teammate. It just like those the death by a thousand cuts. So the Edmonton owners, what do they do? They have a good start again and they blow it. And that continues to be their issue. Right? Now they might play competitive for the next 40 minutes and lose three to two. But they just you can't keep giving up leads, especially after good starts. You got to build momentum. And their power play killed the momentum. Killed the momentum for this team. Unreal. Unreal, cons. How did it go? How does it how does it turn out like this, Gregor? Like last year, obviously historic. This year, not to the point where it's but that it's, bad, but then it just kills momentum. Yeah. And I don't even want to say last year, because the last four years, yeah. it's twenty nine percent. 
The last four years. So when people are like, well, Gregor, you didn't think they'd have a regression? Like, honestly, grab a clue. They were 29% for four years. That's not unsustainable. That's not luck. Yeah, they were 32%. So if you want to say, hey, Gregor, I expect them to be 26, fine. Did you expect them to be 11? No. That's what the first unit power play is now, last 13 games, 11%. It's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. Hey, guys, how do we go from two years ago when they couldn't start a game to this year we can't finish a game from JR and Red Deer? <laughs> JR, it's a very good point, my man. It is a very good point. Oh, boys, the orders. Piss away yet another 2 nothing lead. Game over from Craig and Red Deer. Well, Craig, uh, Oder fans are hoping you're wrong. But, yeah, the history will tell us it's not looking great. And it is it is a a chapter that they keep repeating and repeating, and eventually they're going to have to stop. Going to have to stop. Hey, guys, what a surprise. Kane took a selfish penalty, which cost the Oilers a power play goal. Can't wait till Nurse does the same or dry settle. Some players in this team are very selfish and immature as hockey players, which is stunning considering they're veterans. Now, I didn't see Kane's first penalty. I thought his second one they called on him was, was rather weak, but I didn't see the first one. If it's selfish, then yeah. You're up 2 nothing. Can't take a selfish penalty. You can't, right? Hey, guys, my idea of Blackwood and Ruta for Campbell obviously agrees to this. And CeCe, lower cap hit for those two in comparison to Campbell and CeCe. Ruta has size and can kill penalties. Um, well, it would, the, the goaltending upgrade might... Uh, might make it worth it. However, you would uh, you'd probably still have to add more to make that deal, right? Um, can is Jan Ruda a top four defenseman though? That's the thing, right? You're improving in net, no question. But I'm not sure Jan Ruda is a is a top four defenseman at, at this point, right? So, but I get you got to give up something to get it, but like the orders. Their right D is still an area of weakness to me. And Evan Bouchard is the most talented right defenseman. There's no question about it. Kodasisi is their best right defender, if that makes any sense. Right? He defends better than Bouchard. So I'd probably want to look elsewhere, but I get I get your uh, your line of thinking. That's totally valid. So we'll, uh, we'll see uh, where it goes, uh, what the orders are going to do, because they've they got to find some different options. There's uh, There's no question about it. Uh, the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 live on Orders Nation YouTube, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Always live in the EWL studio, EWEL.ca. Lots, um, lots more uh, text coming in. Uh, also, the uh, the chat line on uh, YouTube. People fired up, of course. But uh, hey, guys. If there was a bet for Oilers giving up a two-goal lead, it would be the easiest money ever. <laughs> yeah, that uh, sadly, that's true right now. Right? Like, I don't understand. Usually when you have a good start like that, it should just be a momentum builder. And they just, oh, they keep shooting themselves in the foot. It's stunning. Absolutely stunning. And, and, and again, some fixable things. Some fixable things. And... We'll see. Are they ever going to fix it? I don't know. But, like, Matias Ekholm is a veteran. You can watch that play. People will say it's unlucky. These are NHL defensemen. You get your head up. You see the clearing attempt. You just get it out. You can't hit your own teammate in the back. Keeps the puck in. Like, um, I, I don't really believe that that's an unlucky play in my eyes. 
I, that's not how I view it at all. Now, let's get to uh, In the Room, brought to you by Next Gen Transportation, heavy haul transport provider, 100% locally owned and Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Operated, and to remind you, they have all new platform trailers have arrived and are ready for work at nextgentransportation.com. Uh, in the room for the orders, if you missed it, uh, Pickard is uh, starting. Sam Gagne is actually the uh, scratch tonight for Edmonton. Uh, Ernie is in, uh, so Gagne comes out as uh, Philip Broberg goes in on the uh, on the back end for the orders. The uh, orders uh, in the room, when you look at it, we've talked about their power play, and it was another great example in the first period. Momentum killer right now for them, which is stunning to say. Like, honestly, it's stunning. If you were to watch their power play, like they had it set up, and then Leon Dreisaitl just misses a pass to McDavid that – Normally, you would make in your sleep. And that's just kind of a microcosm of the struggles that have gone on for, for this team's power play. And, you know, now McDavid scoring early in that period, you you, you think that, uh, that that's, um, you know, that could be a momentum builder for him personally because obviously they want him to get going, no question. But just, like, it's 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 odd to me to watch the power play function right now where it's clear that they're lacking in confidence moving the puck. Like, it's crazy. These are some of the best offensive guys in the world. Ryan Nugent Hopkins for decades been a very good power play guy. Dry Sutton McDavid, very good power play players. And to go to the level that they are at right now is, is stunning. And I get that, you know, a three-up penalty kill is something that's maybe different, but to me that's not even an excuse. You got to figure it out. You just have to. Right, so we'll uh, we'll see. Now the orders. Here's the only good news: as bad as they've been in the second period, the Panthers have been equally bad. Both of these teams, um, two of the worst second period teams in the NHL. The uh, orders have only scored twelve second period goals, which has them uh, ranked twenty seventh, and uh, Florida has only scored ten. They're tied for thirtieth. So uh, that's really the only saving grace uh, for Edmonton in this uh, second period, which has been their one of their nemesis, one of many, but it's been one of their nemesis uh, all season long. 
So uh, we'll see how they can, uh, if they can somehow maybe change the narrative for that. Right? In Tampa Bay, at least it was 1-1 in the, uh, in the second period. They can look at that as a, as a positive somewhat. Uh, quick update, because many of you are asked about the wild card, because I think realistically, that's what the order's focus is at this point. Vegas, Vancouver, and L.A., 28, 25, 23 points. And L.A. has 23 points, and they have games in hand. They have, they have the same amount of games. So they're 12 points ahead of the orders. That's a lot to make up ground. I would argue the top three spots in the West in the Pacific Division might be locked up. Then you've got Dallas, Colorado, Winnipeg in the Central. So that leaves St. Louis, Arizona, Seattle, Calgary, Minnesota. Now, Anaheim, God love them, but I think they're coming back down to earth. So two of St. Louis, Arizona, Seattle, Calgary, Minnesota, and Edmonton will make it. Chicago's not making it. San Jose's not making it. I don't think Anaheim's making it. I could argue that Arizona's probably not in that conversation. So we'll see what the orders can do. The only good news for them, as terrible as they've started, they're not that far out of that race. Right? You win tonight, and you're only six points back. It's not terrible. It's not great, but it's not terrible. You get to within five points by American Thanksgiving on Thursday, which, by the way, will be live at the Ice House downtown, the brew house, uh, for the show on uh, Thursday. Get out and about, come say hi. And then uh, Brando will be sticking around for uh, Thursday night football. Of course, it's the uh, triple header Thanksgiving Day at uh, the brew house, so that should be good. Hey, Gregor, what were the Oilers last year when they scored first? I thought that was an issue as well, or maybe my memory is incorrect. That one comes from Dan. The Oilers were actually pretty decent, Dan, uh, last season when it came to uh, to scoring first and then winning, because that's what you're talking about. Like, the Oilers this year, when they've scored first, which has been 10 times out of 16 games, that's pretty good. They've only won four of them. Last season, the uh, Oilers, I'm pulling it up right now as we speak, Last year, the uh, Oilers scored first a total of 44 times, which was eight most in the NHL. So think about that. Half would be 41. Right? It's, it's kind of crazy. There was uh, 19 teams who scored. Uh, four. So the Oilers, they were a decent team. And uh, their winning percentage, they won 32 out of the 44. They went 32, 8, and 4. And so their winning percentage was 12th best. Not terrible. So, yes, uh, much better last year when scoring first than they have been this season. Really, it's it's not even close. The Oilers, a 400 winning percentage when you score first. It's just, it's not acceptable. It's not good enough. they got to be much, much better. So, they started well, but then didn't finish Pickard. Obviously, that shot, if you see it now. Clep, first of all, you got to get it out of your echo. You have to get it out. But if you see this goal from Mikola... I still think that's a save you'd like your goalie to make. That was not a very hard shot to save, but it wouldn't even have been a shot if you get the puck out when you had ample time. So again, what did McDavid call it earlier this year? Death by a thousand cuts. So that's what it's been. On behalf of uh, Connor Halley, Declan Kruger, I'm Jason Greger. Thanks for uh, tuning in. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Also, uh, congratulations to everybody and uh, our big winner again today in uh, Help your neighbor. Uh, Evan is the uh, recipient from his brother who is uh, gifting him 
a brand new high efficiency furnace from Legacy Heating and Cooling. Pretty awesome. We'll break it down. Can the orders make the comeback? Well, that's not even a comeback. Can they get back on track after blowing a 2 nothing lead? We'll find out tomorrow. You can have all the post-game reaction to Orders Nation YouTube later on tonight. Have yourselves a great night. Here is Declan Kruger in a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home of the no payments, no interest for one year on your furnace. Stay warm all winter. LegacyHeating.ca. Good night. This is a Sports 1440 update. And one last time from us on behalf of Connor Halley, it's Declan Kruger with your Sports 1440 update. Plenty of action in the NHL tonight. Bruins and Lightning tied at one after one period of play. Oilers and Panthers tied at two after one period of play. It was Kane and McDavid picking up the goals for your Edmonton Oilers. Later tonight, in a couple minutes' time, it's going to be the Avalanche and Predators and the Rangers versus the Stars. Evening games, Kings and Coyotes, Sharks and Canucks, and the Flames and Kraken all get going in the National Hockey League. NBA action right now, 58-50. Celtics leading the Hornets with just under three minutes to go in the second quarter. Nuggets only up by three on the Pistons right now. About five minutes left in the second quarter for that one. Bucks up nine on the Wizards with 422 in the second. And later tonight, it's going to be the Heat and Bulls, the Knicks and Timberwolves, the Kings and Pelicans, Clippers and Spurs, and the Rockets versus the Warriors. NFL action tonight as Week 11 wraps up. You can join Connor Halley at the Manning Canadian Brewhouse for that one as the Eagles take on the Chiefs in a Super Bowl rematch. And in the AJHL, just one game on the slate today. It's Okotoks in Calgary. Puck drop for that one at 7. And, of course, you can watch on flowhockey.tv. That's going to do it for us today. Carrius and Douglas will be back at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning, and Fox Sports Radio is on at 9. This has been Declan Kruger with your Sports 1440 Update. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.